0: Hey, welcome to the straight sports podcast we're your host tushar and joshua and in this podcast we give you our, our opinions on our favorite sports which are basketball soccer and wrestling and today we got ourselves a special guest he <laughs> was here in 2021 now he's back in 2022 he is the wrestling legend the wrestling knowledge <laughs> man the wrestling goat you can call him whatever you want he's the goat he's the greatest my boy fernando
1: Bro, that was awesome, bro. Thank you. (laughs) That was awesome.
0: (laughs) We appreciate you coming back. You came back in 2021, like I said, and now you're back again in 2022. We got a huge slate ahead of us talking about the five major shows and 2021 awards and the Rumble. It's going to be a great episode, but thanks, Fernando, again, you know, taking time out of your busy schedule to come. We really appreciate it. It was a blast having you the first time, and I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing now. Mm -hmm. Bro, I appreciate the invite for sure. Of course, and uh, I guess uh, let's get started, Josh. uh, Let us know the first topic.
2: Topic one. So I want you to rank all these shows from best to worst. January 14th, SmackDown. January 14th, AEW Rampage. January 17th, Raw. January 18th, NXT 2.0. January 19th, AEW Dynamite. And as I said before, just rank them from best to worst.
0: All right, Fernando, the floor is yours.
1: I bet. So definitely worst show out of all of those was NXT 2.0. Honestly, I don't even know if people watch it. Like, I checked up on it, you know, but um, like the big news out of NXT 2.0 this week was that Walter, like, who's a super popular wrestler, super over amongst the fans, they changed his name to like Gunther Stark. There
0: was a lot of complaints on that, like, that his name. Weirdest changed.
1: name change, and that's the biggest news that came out of NXT 2.0, and people were unhappy, so that makes it the worst. And then, this is tough, but I'm gonna have to say SmackDown was the fourth out of them. Because, okay. look, it's a two hour show, it only had four matches. One of the matches was 3.17 seconds long. And it's like the yeah. fastest match that like anyone's won in a woman's match.
0: Came with and the last was
1: on a veteran, bro. And Natalia, bro. That's kind of messed up. She's been there forever. So, you know, doing her dirty like that. And so then I'll put Raw after that in third. I don't think like, Dude. I don't think Raw was actually like terrible. You know what I mean? Like it, it was pretty good. But a lot of it's just like, you know, WWE sports entertainment. And it was very on the entertainment side. And, you know, some of these segments can get weird. Also SmackDown also has like some weird segments. But, I mean, like, you know, the wrestling's pretty good. Um, the Roman and the uh, Rollins segment is, like, awesome, right? So, I mean...
0: That's probably the best part of SmackDown.
1: So then, second, uh, AEW Rampage. I mean, dude, they have one hour. They had four matches. And one of them was a super, like, badass match, a woman's match. So, that's awesome. AEW Dynamite, I mean, like, Moxley returned. Um, Pac is going to return to, like good matches. Britt Baker and Adam Cole are super over, so like, it was a pretty good show, to be honest. It got me excited to watch the next AEW Dynamite, so that's my ranking.
0: All right. so I think we have some similarities, but some differences. I rank number 5 NXT 2.0 as you said earlier. It's not the most watched show anymore. Um, They've changed from, you know, old NXT to now being more younger and establishing stars. I do think, you know, Braun, I think his name's Braun Bicker. I hope I said his name right. He's a star for sure. Um, And number 4 I put I put Raw actually it's a little interesting, right? I look at Raw and I saw, I just felt like it wasn't really that good. Like you have a segment with Beth Phoenix and Maurice. It was, it was okay though. The main event was okay, but I personally felt there was a lot of parts where it wasn't really that good. And number three, I have AEW Rampage. I thought it was a great show. It had some great moments, you know, Adam Cole with, you know, his best friends and then against the Jungle Boy. It was a lot of differences between them. You know, they were having a little arguments kind of building up a really, you know, who knows Fernando, like a beast kind of matchup, you know, like Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, and Kyle O'Reilly versus, you know, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. That'd be really cool to see. And number two, I put SmackDown. I, I think I put it the main reason I thought Reigns and Rollins that that segment was just so good. I I had to put it at number one. I thought they still had some great segments on the show. We got to see a new um a new face, you know, a new tag team championship opponent in the Viking Raiders facing the Usos, who have been the very dominant SmackDown tag team champions. And a number one, AEW Dynamite. I mean, like I said, we both agreed on that. You can't really argue it. I mean, uh, Moxley returned, happy to see him back. Cody Rhodes is back. Uh, we got to see Adam Cohen, Britt Baker versus, you know, Orange Cassidy and Chris Stantler. I hope I said her name right. Um, It was overall just a great show in two hours. So much was on and it all flowed and can't disagree.
2: So on a topic too, the 2021 awards in WWE and AW. So what do you guys think was the best male wrestler in 2021?
1: Um, best male wrestler 2021. I have to give that to Brian Danielson. I mean, he wrestled in both WWE, AW. I mean, I'm like a lot of me. like um, the contenders for the match of the year. His name is like featured all over it. Like in the top 10 list, he's probably like on five of them. You know what I mean? He's elevating talent, such as, like, Hangman Page, who's the champion now. But, I mean, like, they had a great match at the end of 2021. Brian Danielson also has that great match with Kenny Omega in September. He's in the main event at WrestleMania. I mean, like, what is there not to do in 2021 that he did? You know what I mean? He did everything he could. I'm a little shocked
0: to hear that answer. I was expecting either Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns. But I think um, it's Roman Reigns. No question about it. I mean... I agree with you what you said about Brian Danielson. He's definitely in that top five 2021 wrestlers competing in two different shows, having elite matches. He put a a historic match with Kenny Omega. He put a historic match up with Hangman Adam Page, but it got to be Reigns. And I'm going to tell you why, Fernando. Are you ready for this? One of the big reasons is Roman Reigns defeated top stars. In 2021, he defeated Kevin Owens, Cesaro, Brian Danielson, also known as Daniel Bryan. Edge, John Cena, Finn Balor, Brock Lesnar, Sami Zayn. He even beat the Demon Finn Balor. He's held the Universal title the whole year. He's improved his mic skills. I mean, his promo skills are on another level. He kind of violated Seth Rollins. said, if I was going to main event with the Megastarma main event with your wife, that was a little too far, in my opinion. And then most dominant faction. I mean, the Bloodline is the most dominant faction right now in all of wrestling. What you think about that, Fernando.
1: Bro, that's blasphemy. That's crazy. No, I'm Bro, joking. Why? I'm joking. <laughs> no, nah, I felt you. I felt you. I mean, he did face the Lee Talon, but I feel like Danielson also faced the Lee Talon. You know what I mean?
0: To me, when I'm looking at 2021, I'm looking at the whole year, right? When we are looking at Brian Danielson, his kind of road started at WrestleMania because he was missing a lot of time. He wasn't competing in a lot of. He did compete. Okay, he did compete at one pay per view against Reigns, and he competed at WrestleMania. He competed for a SmackDown match where if he loses, he's gone from SmackDown forever. Then after that. He faced Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. I can't. I mean, I'm looking at the list that Roman faced John Cena, Brock. I'm looking at those dudes, and I don't think Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson has, um, you know, faced any, you know, talent to the level of Reigns. When I just put John Cena and Brock Lesnar on the list, and Edge, I mean, there's no debate there.
1: I mean, Bryan Danielson also faced Edge. Like he faced these WWE people, and he faced the AEW people. You know what I mean? Like he was facing the the same the same talent pool. You know what I mean? I think if we were talking about a
0: small sample of months i would say okay yes but like if you're talking about the whole year but if if you're talking about the whole year you got to give it to the tribal chief
1: i feel you i feel you i see your argument completely but i'm gonna reiterate this one more thing like if you look at the match of the year contenders for 2021 bro you can't deny that daniel Bryan, brian danielson pops up in like five of those matches if there's 10 if there's 10 he's in like five bro you know what i mean that
0: is completely true. I can't disagree with that. But when I'm looking at one wrestler, we look at what he's done. His mic skills. Brian Danielson is a phenomenal wrestler. He's definitely in the top three or top five of like best. Because I thought you was gonna say Kenny Omega because he's obviously. I thought if you was gonna say Reigns, he was gonna say Omega. You caught me a little by surprise by by you saying Brian Danielson. But I'm not really mad at that. But we definitely have a disagreement. But I'm going with the Tribal Chief.
1: No, yeah, I think your argument's great. Also for like his reign, you know what I mean. Like that that supports like the the reign he's had. You know what I mean. But yeah. for 2021, who knows? I'm going to give it to Danielson. I'm going to give it to Danielson. But I see the argument for Reigns, bro. He, he was in, like, my head, too. You know, I had to argue it out between myself.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
2: So who do you guys think was the best female wrestler in 2021?
0: Fernando, you want to go or should I go? Um, You can go, bro. You can go. All right. So I don't think this one is going to catch you by surprise. I actually, it might. Who knows? But I, I got... Dr. Britt Baker as the best female wrestler in 2021. It was tough. I would have gave it to Sasha, but as you know, she missed a lot of time in 2021. You got to take that into consideration. Dr. Britt Baker, why? She's held the title, I believe, since May of 2021. She still has it. She's had great matches. We were talking about Rio. I think that match they put up was a stunner. It was a great match. She had a match with Ruby Soho. When she competes, even though she wins, it seems like she puts talent over at the same time because you. I look at Ruby Soho, I'm like, oh, I want to watch... Ruby Sor compete in a match again. I want to see Riho. Like she definitely puts stars, you know, like rising stars above, even though
1: she defeats them. So
0: I had to go with Dr. Britt Baker, but I had close with Bianca Blair because she had a great run, but I gotta give it to Dr. Britt Baker.
1: I agree completely, bro, to be honest. Dr. Britt Baker, like there's no denying it, she's super over with the fans, bro. And also, like as you said, like her wrestling skills, you know what I mean? Like like she can sell, bro, you know what I mean? Like, she makes the other opponent look good, too. Like, she doesn't look, like, super perfect. You know what I mean? So, I mean, like, I don't know. I've, like, there's just not enough to say about her, bro. Like, she's great, bro. And, like, when, when she comes out, bro, the fans are interested. You know what I mean? Like, the, the crowd isn't quiet, bro. Like, they're, they're cheering on. So, I think she really, like, she's really tapped in with the fans, bro.
0: I think if, if we were going to consider somebody from WWE, we'd probably both say Bianca Blair. Like I said, Sasha Banks wasn't there for a long time. But if we're going to pick the best, it's Dr. Bird Baker. And I don't think there's any debate on it.
1: For sure.
2: Who do you guys think the best tag team was in 2021?
0: I think me and Fernando are going to agree. It was tough. Actually, really thinking about it, it was for me, it was between the Young Bucks and the Usos. But I went with the Young Bucks because they held the title the majority of 2021. They had it from November of 2020 and they lost it around September 2021. So if you think about from January to September in 2021, they hold the title. They put up, I think, match of the year kind of performance. I'm still thinking of, the, I know they lost that match, but the one they had with the Lucha Bros, all these tag teams they competed, they put up thriller matches. They're probably one of the best tag teams ever I've seen. The Usos was close, but I think the talent that they face, Usos face kind of similar, you know, tag teams. They, they face literally only three. They face Ray and Dominic. They face the Street Profits and they face the New Day. That's it. So if they had more tag teams, I would say, okay, I might consider the Usos. To me, it was, it was tough, but I had to go with the Young Bucks.
1: Yeah, I agree completely, bro. Young Bucks, I mean, it was hard for me. I was between like the Young Bucks or the Lucha Bros, but I mean, Young Bucks, 302 days as champion, match of the year contender against the Lucha Bros, and that September 2021 match you mentioned. Um, and I mean, like, Fans talk about them like when I'm on Twitter, bro. Like, they're always talking about the young bucks when they're on TV, bro. People talk about them, you know. They might say bad things about them, but they're talking about them, you know what I mean. And so, like, that's all really, like I think, yeah. like a wrestler can strive for is to get the reaction, and that's yeah. what they're getting, you know what I mean. And as you said, bro, they just have great matches, bro.
0: That's true. When I look at AEW, their tag team division is, and this is no knock on WWE, they have WWE's just not doing a good job producing, you know, a lot of tag. They don't like the women's division, I don't even know what tag team they have that's formidable. They have one right now. Yeah. Which is kind of crazy to think about. Like in AEW, they have so many tag teams. They're just when I look at WWE, I look at Usos in the New Day. Those are the best of the best, basically in WWE. And then they have RK Bro, who might, who knows, there might be a tease of a of a split. But I do like the Alpha Academy. But yeah, I think we both agree it's the Young Bucks.
1: For sure.
2: So in your guys' opinion, what was the match of the year for both single and tag team?
1: My match of the year is Edge versus Seth Rollins and Helena Cell at crown jewel which is really long to say but um i think they had an incredible match you know what i mean um like the pace of the match is just fast and that's what i like about wrestling you know what i mean like i want a fast paced match and i thought they delivered that and to do that inside of hell in a cell like you know the brutality of the match was crazy i think just like you know for the age that edge has and like the shape he's in like the competition he can put up and rollins just also being like a phenomenal wrestler like it, it was just perfect bro to me I was kind of between uh, this and the WrestleMania main event between Danielson, Edge, and Reigns, which was also amazing. But I don't know, there's something about like this Edge and Rollins match that was so good, and it elevated like the crown jewel pay per view name because not a lot, a lot of people really like respect the crown jewel pay per view name. Like it's not really something on people's eyes, but right now, definitely like that was a that was a must watch pay per view, and also one of the best pay per views of the year. So great match, my match of the year. Oh, and for the tag team. Lucha Bros versus Young Bucks, which is another also just like match of the year contender, like Steel Cage, incredible things they did, bloody, it it was awesome.
0: So, this was tough. I'm going to start with the tag team. I also said the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, Steel Cage, no question, that was the best tag team match of 2020. There's no question. Topic over. That's it. That was the best. I saw that match. I was like, this must be the greatest tag team match I've ever seen. Like, this was so good it was like you think oh it's over no it's not it keeps on going then they doing some crazy moves and all this oh my goodness like i agree with you there but all right so for match of the year i'll be honest with you fernando this was very very tough for me so i'm gonna give you two answers i'm tied
1: on this okay a tie i was not expecting that
0: it's a little hard so i do have edge versus rollins at hell in a cell i think their whole feud was incredible but that match was a thriller you put in crown jewel opening hell of a cell seth rollins like I said, any match Seth Rollins has is always great. And Edge, for, you know, what he's doing right now, you know, he really shows that age is just a number. I think a lot of WWE superstars showing that even you talk about Bobby Lashley as well. But, like, Edge is just on another level with that. He's probably the vet of the year. Like, he was just incredible in that match. And I put this match as well on the list as a match of the year candidate because of what historical significance it had. I put the Sasha Banks versus Bianca Blair WrestleMania 37 match as well on this list. I put it because first, we never had a single main event at WrestleMania. We got it. We did have one before it was a triple threat match. We got two black women's main eventing WrestleMania never happened. So I think the historical significance of the match itself made it kind of like the match of the year in a sense. But they also delivered. I think about a roughly 17-minute match. They delivered. Those were my two. It was tough. I know I have to give you one, but I I went split because of the, the significance of that WrestleMania match and what they delivered as well. And uh, Edge and Rollins, you know, Rollins is going to be a Hall of Famer as well.
1: For sure. I mean, the historical significance is, like, definitely really important. And I mean, like, if you look at, like, the list of, like, what people think are a match of the year, like, that match is on every single list. It's on every single list. It's hard to choose.
0: Yeah, because historical significance, in that case, to me, it does matter. But then they they also delivered. I think they delivered over people's expectations. That was an A++++. plus 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 plus. You could put how many pluses you want on it, like. Yeah, my bad. I got a tie. But either one, I mean, if I okay, if I had to really pick one Fernando, I'm I'm gonna have to go with the Sasha Banks and Bianca Blair match. If I had to pick one, but it's still tough.
2: So what would you guys pick for Feud of the Year in 2021?
0: Uh, so my feud of the year, I think Fernando's gonna agree. I pick Edge versus Rollins. They put up a trilogy first. You know, their feud starts. They have a match at uh SummerSlam, great match. Ed brings out the dark side of him, they win then in MSG Madison Square Garden the most famous arena the mecca the storytelling within the match was so good rollins hits a curve stomp and then of course you know with edge situation um you know him coming back from that triple fusion neck surgery it was just that storyline was just so crazy and obviously you know this was like done safely and all that we know that then after that the final match crown jew they put all their three matches were a plus the storyline itself was great Edge claiming that he, Seth Rollins, is Edge light. I mean, the storyline was the best.
1: That's my feud of the year. Yeah, I agree completely, to be honest. Like, they had the trilogy. And also, it, it just goes way back. Like, it goes back to, like, 2014 when, like, there was a segment that Edge was on and Rollins was on it, too. And I think Rollins beat up, like, Edge. Like, you know, this just has or, history. Oh, I
0: think he was about to give him a curve stomp and then Cena came out, right? This was the authority time?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, this goes way back, you know what I mean? So, story think WWE did a good job, good storytelling. Great, great matches, great characters, like, can't beat it.
0: I know three is like the max, but even if I got to saw another one, I wouldn't even be mad because they put up historical matches. Every match was A+. plus. Not even one match was below that.
1: Yeah, literally. Every match, A+. plus.
0: I remember watching the MSG one man, I was like, Edge hits the spear, kicks out. Rollins, I think, hit the pedigree, and then his own, uh, he uses Edge's wife's move, Beth Phoenix, the glamazon, like,
1: what? what a match. Yeah, the stuff they can both create, you know what I mean? Like, it's... Phenomenal wrestlers. Phenomenal.
0: So what
2: did you guys pick for return of the year in 2021?
0: Fernando, I think we're both going to agree. I don't even know if we have to spend so much time on this topic, to be honest. It's CM Punk's return to wrestling. I mean, the man came back to AEW after seven years. I know he was in WWE before and he came to AEW, but after seven years we got to see him. That was like the moment. That was just the return of the year.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was like seven years anticipated and it happened. And you know, the buildup was good because, like, they kind of gave it away, like, two weeks before it. And then, like, you know, everyone watched that episode. And everyone talks about CM Punk. When CM Punk's on TV, people people talk about him.
0: Okay. That's the return was Special in Chicago, you know. It was so loud. It was, yeah. He was in Chicago. <laughs> it was so town. loud. That was awesome. And I remember hearing, I think it's Jim Ross. He was saying it's, like, Michael jordan S kind of thing, like, there. Like, that's, you know, reception that he would get in Chicago because he's Michael Jordan, you know. He's arguably the greatest player. Most people believe that. Um, that's still a debate, but CM Punk in Chicago, he got like that kind of reception. Like He's a legend in Chicago. People in WWE, they've been chanting. Even I think at WrestleMania, they had a 37. They were chanting CM Punk. They've been chanting for the longest, and we got his return. I think there was other moments. Brock Lesnar's return was great, but Cena's return was great. Becky Lynch's return was great, but not on this CM Punk's level. No disrespect, but this seven years anticipation for arguably one of the best professional wrestlers ever. So, what was you guys' moment of the year in 2021?
1: It was like kind of hard to like make this a moment, but I think like um it was probably August, right? I think August is the month that CM Punk came back and then they had like another pay-per-view or could have been September. But like, you know, like literally like in like a couple of week time span, like we got CM Punk, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, all like in AW. Like that was just kind of crazy. So I think that's like my moment of the year, just like this huge transition. Well, for Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, like WWE to AW, and then like, you know. Just the roster kept adding up on AEW, and a lot of people were talking about it. And it, it was exciting, you know what I mean? Like, it was exciting to to see all this happen.
0: You know, when I thought moment of year, I mean, yeah, you could put punk since I've already chosen for the return. For the moment of year, I went with Sasha and Bianca, that WrestleMania match. I thought it was a moment of year just with the historical significance. Two women main eventing a single match, we'd never seen it. And It was just a great moment to see, and then their match delivered. But, of course, you know, Punk, you know, returning, that's a moment of a year, but we put that in the return category, right? So, yeah, I would go with Sasha and Bianca.
2: So, who would you guys pick to be your rising star for 2021?
1: I got Bianca Belair. I mean, just, like, great match, um, great storylines. You know, at the end of the year, like, it kind of slowed down, but, I mean, like, she's still super relevant. Everyone talks about her, and, like, honestly, it is a big jump because, like, I remember her, like, in NXT, And then, like, out of nowhere, like, now she's just, like, in the main event of WrestleMania. Like, it's crazy, right? So, definitely rising star of the year.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the reason is her rising star you see in in 2021. She's in the Rumble. She wins the Rumble. Um, I think she was a top entry. I think she was either number two or number three entry. Um, She was, you know, she won the Rumble. She did that. Um, Then, main events WrestleMania with, in my opinion, I don't know, Fernando, if you're going to agree on this or not. You know, I'm not saying, I'm talking about just the current era of WWE. I think Sasha Banks is the GOAT, the greatest in the current era of WWE. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I'm going that far. If somebody wants to debate on it, let's debate. I say she's the GOAT. And she beats Sasha Banks. I understand her WrestleMania record. Sasha Banks has always put people over. And what better for Bianca Lear to get her moment than beating arguably the greatest of all time in the current era? She wins that championship. She holds it, and now she becomes, you know, a mega star. I mean, I'm going to stay rising star. She's getting to that mega status. She's big time now. People really want to see her succeed. She has a huge fan base, um, and she's just a very talented wrestler. And then after that, you know, she's held the title for about 100 days. Yeah, it was her year. 2021, rising star, definitely her. Fernando, real quick, do you agree with me on that Sasha Banks thing? I don't know. It's kind of hard. I'm talking current era, though, right? I'm not talking, like, we're not talking past. I'm
1: between her or Charlotte.
0: I respect, I just think when you look at current era, you could put Britt Baker, you could put like, you know, Charlotte Flair, you could put Sasha. Listen, I'm
1: going to tell you this, bro. Like the first wrestling show I went to, bro, was NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, bro. And there was two main events. It was Sasha Banks versus Bayley. And it was Finn Balor versus uh, Kevin Owens, bro. Finn Balor versus Kevin Owens ladder match. It was okay, bro. It was the last match. But the best match I've probably ever seen to this day is Sasha versus Bayley. Like I said, that's the best wrestling match I've ever seen. I've been to over like 20 wrestling shows, bro. I mean, like, I've also seen Charlotte wrestle, too, like, in person. She's just she's so talented, you know what I mean?
0: I'll give you that. She's talented. I think she definitely gets more hate than she deserves because of her father being Rick Flair. I think that still comes into it, right? Like, was like, oh, you know, like, you're here because of that. Like, I'm not saying that. I disagree with that because she's proven she's talented. She doesn't need a big name to be a big star,
1: right? Charlotte is, like, a perfect heel, too. Like, when she's heel, people hate her, you know what I mean? And she's doing her job, you know what I mean? She's doing her job.
0: Babyface don't suit
1: her. Yeah. But yeah, babyface don't suit her. But when she's heel, bro, like people hate her, and that means she's doing her job, and she has good matches. I don't know, like her. I mean, I, I would compare it to someone like Rollins, because when Rollins is, is a heel, people hate him. Mm. But like, I, like personally, I do. Like, you know what I mean? Even though I know it's a character. To be honest, I love heel Rollins. That's my guy. No, no, I mean like I, I love it, like as a wrestling fan, but also just like as a person watching wrestling. I'm like, oh this guy like pisses me off. You know what I mean? It's just so annoying, but I, I still like it. And I, I could say the same for Charlotte, but. I mean, I'm between Sasha and Charlotte, but I think it's an argument for another day, bro. It's, it's, it's hard. I got to think about it more.
0: i am be honest you, I don't think this is an argument. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's crazy. I man. believe she's the goal. And when
0: Bianca Blair won it, that puts her into like a pristine status because of what beating Sasha Banks mean. I think she's the goal. I think in the current era, I'm not going to disrespect anybody in the past era. So current era, goat. But definitely a discussion another day for sure.
2: So sticking with the topic of heels,
0: who would you pick? As your best heel of 2021,
1: MJF. Easy, yeah, MJF. Comes
0: into every city, he violates every city. That's what he does. He comes with the great promo, he violates any person on the He said things about Darby Allin, he says things about CM Punk. He went far, I mean.
1: Yeah, the stuff with CM Punk is so good. Sometimes it can get really personal, but I think, like, you know, both of them agree to go to those levels, you know what I mean? They're doing it for the show.
0: I remember when he said something about John Cena that the, you couldn't be like the you can't see me man. I'm oh like, dang, MJF, you. You're different.
1: <laughs> no, yeah. He's just crazy on the mic. When he's on TV, like, you want to watch. You know what I mean? Like, you want to make sure you hear every oh, single thing he in. has to say. I'm
0: looking at MJF, and I'm waiting for the moment when he gets a title. Because I personally think of MGF. I'm not going to... Obviously, I think of him, like, having his own faction. Like, he does have Wardlow, but having, like, a three, four-star faction. You know, him holding the title. Because he needs a title. I don't know when that moment comes, but he definitely... Needs a title because they shouldn't do what WWE did with Samoa Joe and wasted him his talent by not putting a title on him and kept giving us Roman and Brock even though nobody wanted it.
1: Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, hopefully Samoa Joe
0: goes to AEW.
1: It's not something I see happening like too soon, but like I get you. We don't want yeah, that happening because if that, that that's the M- thing
0: Jeff. because Samoa Joe deserved the title, man. What he was in 2007, one of the best to me, still one of the best. Hopefully he'll be clear to wrestle, but if he can't wrestle. Like, still right now, he could be a manager. Like, that's how great he is. He comes on a mic, he'll just flame you. That's what he does. Yeah. And, and that's what I think about MGF. So I think I, maybe, like you said, it's too soon, but he definitely, like, within the next two years, he should have a title. He should be holding the AEW championship.
1: For sure. They're saving it. They're saving it. It's going to be good when it happens.
0: He definitely needs that title. He's a megastar.
2: So, switching sides, who do you think was the best babyface of 2021?
0: I would go with Bianca Blair. I think in 2020, when you look at it, I mean, Sasha kind of, you know, she's a great babyface. She kind of was heel and then babyface. Um, Yeah, I think she had to be the best one. I mean, she won the Rumble main event WrestleMania. She has a huge fan base. Babyface Brock has been working pretty well, too. But Bianca the whole year, you know, she's been the best babyface, in my opinion. She's super over with the fans. And yeah.
1: This one is kind of tough for me, but I think I'm going to have to go with Hangman Page. Okay. Long storyline build, finally happened, he won. When he won, like, everyone was super happy, it was a great, good feel moment, you know what I mean? And, uh, I don't know, I just think, like, the fans really like him, and he got to a position he really deserves. I actually um saw Hangman Page Russell, like, in 2017, in, like, the Hammerstein Ballroom in New York City, and bro, this guy went on, like, the second level, right? Like, second level, like, there's a floor below him, and he does a backflip like in a match bro it was insane i don't know like i've just seen this guy like be build up over time to be champion like everyone knew back then he was going to be champion one day and now it happened so i don't know i just seen it happen over time his his growth and i'm like super happy for him and he deserves it bro great character great wrestler like he has it all deserves their championship
0: i think when i took into consideration like the whole 2021 i think hang him out a paid limit sometime in 2021 if i'm correct He came back, right? In, like, the mid-2021s?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess I I in
0: consideration the whole year, but, like, long-term storytelling, that was still one. I mean, if you want to talk about one of the best storylines, that's probably it right there, the best storyline. Him and Eddie Kingston. I don't disagree because he's super over. If you're going to talk about AEW, that's one. If you're going to talk about WWE, it's Bianca Blair, but I'm going to go with Bianca Blair. only reason is considering the whole year. For sure. Okay, so moving on to topic three, the Royal Rumble
2: will be on January 29th in St. Louis, Missouri. What are some of the predictions you have? I'll go match by match. The WWE Championship between Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley.
1: Who you got, Fernando? I think I got Brock, bro. I just don't see Brock losing to Bobby. I think they'll have a great match. And that'll be it. Like, I don't see what they would do after, you know what I mean? Even though they could do so many things with it. Like, they could have another match again. They could main event WrestleMania, bro. That's a main event uh, WrestleMania caliber. I know
0: it's going to be Reigns and Brock.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know it's not going to happen, so that's why I know Brock's going to win. But you never know, bro. WWE has some interesting swerves sometimes, bro, so maybe we could see a Bobby win, bro. But I think, like, recently, like a week or two ago, like, they kind of destroyed Bobby's faction anyways, so I don't really see, like, them putting the championship on him. And- Which
0: was kind of useless. I can't believe they broke up the her business again. I was pretty upset about
1: that. Yep, so that's my prediction. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Brock Lesnar, looking
0: at it, I think he's going to hold the title. He just won it. You know, he lost already once. You know, he is a star. Don't expect him to lose again. I think it's going to be a great match. I mean, this is a dream matchup. He came back because he wanted this match. This was something that should have probably happened in 2018 and is happening now. I'm just blessed that we get an opportunity to see these two titans go at it, these two monsters. I uh, mean, I'm excited, but yeah, I'm going to go with Brock Lesnar. So what are you guys thinking for
2: Miz and Maryse versus Edge and Beth Phoenix?
0: I'm going Edge and Beth Phoenix. You know, they call it the... The it couple versus the grit couple. I think, you know, having Edge and Beth Phoenix, you know, husband and wife, they never had a chance to compete together and, you know, uh, share the ring together. So this is a good moment for them. Edge coming back, you know, from triple fusion neck surgery. I just think it's written for them to win. I think they should win. And Edge gets that moment with Beth Phoenix. It'd be a very cool moment. Just a consideration. I'm not saying this will happen. But think about this, Fernando. Let's say Edge and Beth Phoenix wins. Becky Lynch has the title, let's say, after the Rumble. And Rollins somehow wins it. You have Rollins and Becky Lynch versus Edge and Beth Phoenix at WrestleMania for both titles on the line. I think that would be really cool.
1: Yo, that's that's an insane prediction, but
0: I, I love that, bro. That I heard about it somewhere. I'm not sure exactly the source, but I I just saw a rumor somewhere, and I'm like, yo, if this happens, this would be like the best. Like, that's we get sick, yeah. Edge and Rollins again, and we add in Beth, a Hall of Famer, and we add in Becky. I think that should happen, but a guy can dream about it, but probably won't happen.
1: No, yeah, I I agree. I think it's Edge and Beth. Like, there's really no reason for, like, Miz and Maurice to beat them. (laughs) That'd be like... It's just, you know... Um,
0: If the WWE wants to pull up a shocker, that'd be the one. Like they did with the Alpha Academy beating RK, bro. They want to pull up a shocker, then... Yeah. It seems like it just won't happen. So what are you
2: guys thinking for the Universal Championship with Roman Reigns versus Seth Rollins?
1: This is a really hard match to predict because I don't know where WWE is going with this. But, I mean... Roman Reigns has been champion for like 500 plus days now. I don't see him losing still. You know what I mean? I think he's still in a dominant reign. If he loses to Rollins, that would be very out the blue. So I'm going to go with Roman just because I think that's also a safe prediction. You know what I mean? With WWE, Roman is a safe prediction.
0: Early on, we were talking before the podcast, like if there's going to be a prediction that is going to catch you by surprise, this is the one. I'm going with Rollins. That's crazy. And I'm going to tell you why. And the reason is I'm thinking about this. There might be a chance. First of all, I think Rollins is going to win because Reigns already had a dominant 500 plus reign. If there's somebody that should beat Roman Reigns, we're talking about who's an established star that could beat him. Rollins is the guy. It could be Biggie, it could be Drew, but Rollins is the guy to do it. If there's anybody that's going to beat him, because I don't think it should be Brock Lesnar, it should be Rollins. Brock will win. I believe Brock will win. But if Rollins wins, it will save us from having a unified championship match at WrestleMania. Rollins and Reigns, you know, it'll be very different now. Now we get to see the head of the table, not without a title. It's going to be maybe a different side of Reigns. We'll see something new in a character development. I really believe the Tribal Chief Reigns ends at the Royal Rumble because Rollins has been three years since he's held that gold. Rollins can bring that title to Raw. It'll be a change because Reigns has been holding this title For a very long time, he's already beat Brock Lesnar's Universal Championship reign. I think he's done an incredible job, but it's time because I think now Reigns most likely going to compete with Brock Lesnar at at WrestleMania. He'll face Brock Lesnar. I think he'll win that WWE Championship back at WrestleMania. He'll have a small gap of no title. He's going to see even a more fiercer side of Reigns. I think it's a benefit, and I do believe Rollins will win. The reign of the Tribal Chief comes to an end. I do believe one of them has to lose a title because I don't think they should do a unified tag team title. I don't think that's what they want to do. Rollins wins. Rollins is going to win. Book it.
1: Bold prediction. My respect bro. I'm excited to see, bro. It's an exciting match.
0: These two matches that we got at the Rumble, we should have got this at WrestleMania. That storyline is built in itself.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know how they can top this. Like, where are they giving us this now?
2: So who do you think is winning the Raw Women's Championship with Becky versus Dewdrop?
0: I'm excited, actually, that Dewdrop got an opportunity. I think she's a really phenomenal wrestler. You know, we got a chance to see her against Bianca Blair. She had like, two matches. They put up really good matches. She's a very talented wrestler. But I think Becky Lynch, I think it's a no-brainer. She'll retain it. I thought Liv Morgan was going to be the one. I was so like, yo, is she going to win? Like, just give her the title. And then WWE said, nah, we ain't doing that. So, yeah, I think Becky Lynch wins it. I think it's a no-brainer. If Doudrop won it, I'd be shocked. Would I be mad about it? Probably not, but I'd be shocked.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's a Becky win. Um, much respect to Dude Drop. Great matches as well. Great wrestler. I just think, knowing WWE, they probably don't see the value in putting a championship on her for some reason. So they're just going to go with Becky.
0: If they don't believe in Liv Morgan, I, I mean, I think Dude Drop is doing an exceptional job. I think she really is. But they tend to, you know, whoever their stars are, are their stars. That's the people they believe in.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: That's what I've noticed in WWE.
1: That's the best explanation in a short statement, too. Like, you don't even got to say more than that. That's perfect. They just make bad decisions, bro.
0: Mm, Yeah.
2: So what are you guys thinking for the Men's Royal Rumble?
0: I want to hear you, Fernando. I want to hear your take on this.
1: Big E, bro. Big E Mm. redemption arc. He deserves it. I'm not sure if this will actually happen, but, I mean, I think he deserves it. The fans want him to, you know... Get another shot at the championship. Maybe not win, but just, you know, they want to see him there again. I don't know. It's hard. And um, surprise entrant for Men's Royal Rumble. I think since WWE announced that Mickey James, the Impact Knockout Champion, is going to be in the Women's Royal Rumble. We might get an Impact star in there. We might get the Impact World Champion. His name is Moose. He might show up as a surprise entrance.
0: So for men's, I agree with you. I also went with uh, Big E. I think he's gonna win it. I think it makes a lot of sense for him to win it because now with Rollins being in, I don't expect Rollins or Reigns or Lesnar or maybe Bobby Lash. I don't think they'll be in the Rumble. Who knows? But usually the champions are tend not to be in the Rumble. But it makes sense. I mean, if um, Biggie wins, I think you know he lost the title. It's kind of like a redemption tour, like you said. He wins it. Surprise entrance also with the Impact Championship, uh, Moose. I think his name is. Uh, I think he might come. Who knows? Maybe. Uh, I doubt it, but maybe there's a small chance John Cena comes through. I won't count it out yet.
1: That's an interesting take. I'm excited for that. that that'd be cool. That'd be cool.
0: <laughs> so
2: what are you guys thinking for the
0: Women's Royal Rumble? For the Women's Royal Rumble? So this is this was a tough one. I'm not going to lie. Um, I do believe it would be Sasha Banks, but according to the injury status, she won't be available at the room. Maybe they'll do the John Cena thing where she wasn't expected to come and she comes back. I really hope that's the case. But if Sasha is not there, um, my favorite is out. Uh, I'm between Bianca Blair and Liv Morgan because... Bianca Blair also makes sense. Maybe she'll win the Rumble. But the thing is, usually WWE doesn't book it where the same opponent wins it the year after. Because Blair won it the year before. But knowing the circumstances, I would either go Bianca Blair or Liv. I'm thinking Liv might win it. But just knowing WWE, she just won't win it. So I'm going to just say Bianca Blair will win it. Makes sense. Bianca Blair wins it. She'll recapture the SmackDown Women's Championship or the Raw Women's Championship with either one that she goes for. But if Sasha's there, I'm going with Sasha. She's hurt. So not too sure.
1: I'm going Liv Morgan. I really hope WWE chooses to do the right thing. I think they messed up so many times. Like, how could you mess this up again? You know what I mean? Like, that, that'd just be terrible. I hope li- I just- want Liv Morgan to win. I always want to go because Sasha Banks
0: is my favorite wrestler. If she wins, if she comes back, I want her to win. But the expectation is she's not going to be there. So I expect Bianca to win it. That's my second choice. And then Liv would be my third. I hope it's Liv, though, because Bianca already won it. I don't think she needs a rumble to go over the top. I think if it's somebody, if you want to build a star, Liv Morgan is the person. I agree. And also, just real quick, surprise returns. I think Asuka and Bailey will come back. But my bad friend, and will finish, what you were saying?
1: I was going to say Bailey for the surprise return. Hopefully. She might even win. But nah, I got Liv. I got Liv, man. I got Liv.
0: Sasha's my first choice if she's there. Bianca, I think, is going to win it because I don't expect Sasha to be there. And then my choice of hoping to win is Liv. I want Liv to win, but just knowing WWE, you know, They different. For sure. Yeah, so I guess that concludes the whole wrestling segment. Talked about the rumble. We talked about 2021 awards and talked about the five shows and we ranked them, you know. And let's see if uh the people when you hear it, like uh if y'all agree with us or not. But it was really nice having you again, man. Um, you gotta come back again. Hopefully, WrestleMania season will see you. Uh, back, but appreciate you coming, man. You know, it's always a blast. You have a lot of knowledge of wrestling, so I appreciate you coming on.
1: Oh yeah, this was awesome, bro. I super appreciate you guys having me. this is fun. This is fun. Yep. for sure.
0: So Fernando, thanks again. And once we get back, we'll dive into our next topic. Yep. We are back. Um, you know, once again, Fernando, we wanted to thank you for coming on the podcast. You know, it was yeah. nice having you. Really appreciate your time. You know, from your busy schedule. But we are back now. We're going to go into topic number four. The All-Star Game will be in Cleveland, Ohio. The land on Sunday, February 20th, 2022. We're going to give our predictions on the All-Star starters and reserves for both the East and the Western Conference. I know this is a topic, Joshua, you've been looking forward yes, to for is. a very, very, very long time. So we will start All-Star starters for the West. Give it to me. You see, so with
2: this. I was trying to be as unbiased as possible because we all know who I want to be the starter, but we know how it will be. We know he won't be the starter, DeJounte Murray. So, for my picks for the West Starters, I have Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Mikola Jokic, and this might come as a surpriser. I have Quarantine Towns. What are you? That's an
0: interesting take we agree on three to five players because I have Steph, LeBron, and Joker. I think those are no-brainer picks. But to say my list, I have Steph Curry. I have John Morant also (laughs) in the backcourt because looking at the season that he's had, you know, he's been special. I think he's been the second best point guard in the NBA right now because we're looking at Dame, and Dame has not been playing really good. He's been injured. Kyrie, you know, I'm not considering him because he wasn't there the whole season. I look at Chris Paul. He's doing incredible. I mean, he's in the top five, but just the season John Morant's having Without him, Memphis has been performing very well. You know, he's a clutch player. And with him, you know, they're third in the West, and they're a tough team. They're a team that nobody would want to face in the playoffs. Just one more time, the list is Steph, John Morant, Paul George, LeBron James, and Nikola Jokic. Now, just to explain the list, Paul George, I think he's going to be replaced. Yeah. But I think the season that he had without Kawhi Leonard, he was playing MVP level. The Clippers were fourth, fifth seat around there, that range. Um, And he was performing really well. He was... The big reason why the Clippers were performing really well, and um, and I think he deserves a start. He was averaging, you know, I think even around twenty five points, if I'm correct, um, yeah. around there. Not too sure the exact stats, but you know, around there. And uh, yeah, so that's why I have Paul George. I think John Morant, like those are the reasons. Um, as I as I stated before, about you know the type of season he's having and the, what up and coming mm-hmm. star he is. I think he's a superstar in this league. He's this guy you don't want to play. Kind of give me glimpses of Derrick Rose, a little bit of his athleticism. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um, I said a little bit. I'm not saying fully <laughs> of Prime Rose, but I, I see some glimpses of his athleticism, how he can get to the basket super easily. He'll dunk on anybody. He's not yeah. afraid, you know, to dunk on a seven-footer. Um, and then Steph, uh, Jokic, and LeBron, I think those are no-brainers. Josh, any thoughts on my list so far?
2: So, first off, I just want a quick disclaimer. Uh, Paul George would have been a starter for me, 100%. I'm not going to deny how good he was playing but I chose not to select any injured players. So he would have been a starter over Towns for me, but because he's injured, I didn't want to put him on the list. because He probably would have got replaced anyway. And two, (laughs) you really have a drama rant as a starter? I'm actually confused. Donchich has better numbers this year all around. So what exactly is this criteria that you're picking to have, you know, drama Um, rant start? I I just think I'm... Is it it the eye test? Like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs)
0: I just look at John Morant, um, and I think he's just, he's having a special season. I think he's, um, you know, sometimes you can always look at numbers. If that's the case, we can put Brown and Tatum, you know, on the All-Star team every year. I think you got to look at some factors. I think, I know it doesn't always consider, but I look at, you know, how they're performing with the star with John Morant. After Christmas, they can't even lose. They've been on fire. The only team that they legitimately lost to was Milwaukee, and they, Yeah, And they lost to Dallas. Those are the two teams that did beat them, but they've been on fire. He's been special. He's been the big reason why they even beat a team like Golden State. Uh, The numbers he had, Dontich, I mean, if we're talking about who's an overall better player, I'm not going to deny that Dontich is not better. I'm just talking about this season. I think, even though with the numbers that you're saying, I think he's overall had a better season, better impact on winning. (laughs) And that's what it comes down to. Why I picked John Morant. Um, I think he's just having a special season. Luka has been out for a bit. So has John Morant, but it's hard for me to not put John you know, when you look at Luca, if Luca's not playing, Dallas is not a good team. But if yep. Jaws kind of, if he's removed, you know, Memphis is still competitive. But when I look at these yep. two guys, Jha, without Jaw, they're not legit. And with Jaw, they are. And Jaws is mm-hmm. having an incredible season. It's tough. I mean, it's between Jaw and Luca. But I just think this season, he's having a better season. He's on an up and coming star. And I think he deserves to be a starter. Any other year, I pick Luca. I just think this year, what Jaws is doing is incredible, having them third in the conference. It's not all him, it's everybody collectively can never, you know, be third seed just by yourself. um. But True. he's having a special season. And to me, he's the second best point guard right now. Also, I consider Dante's kind of a forward. He's being considered a guard here. But anyway. I guess, technically. But I knew this was coming. So I made
2: this note on the 15th. On the 15th of January. Okay. okay. <laughs> so right now, right? You're saying Josh having this special season. Yeah. Apparently, right? Okay. He's averaging around the realms of, what, 25, 6, maybe 7? I, I don't know. Lucas averaging the season about 25, 8, and 9. Okay. Right? And Lucas played at the time of the note I took, which on the 15th, played about 28 games. Jaw played 32 games.
0: Okay. it's pretty close. Right.
2: Throughout that stretch, Lucas team was 18 and 10. Jaw's team was 19 and 13. Right? Okay. Without Luka Doncic playing, as we know, because of some covert protocols and whatever, the Mavs were five and nine. Okay. The Grizzlies without Jaw. Eleven and two.
0: I'll give you that. I think That's one. Dantas is more valuable to right. Dallas than Jaws. I'll give you that. Right. Okay.
2: And this is supposed to be Jaw's breakout season. This is one of Doncic's, you know, lesser seasons. So if Jaw's best season is one of Doncic's lower seasons, like what does that say about the levels? And two, I just have to add, Jaw's probably at his peak physically. He's hitting the backboard, jumping up to the top of the, I don't know how high. He's looking into the rim. Luca still isn't at his peak physically, I don't think. I don't think he's been, you know, in the best shape. Obviously, he's in basketball playing shape, but he's not in, like, the best shape you know. So just imagine what Luca gets, that, you know, burst of speed, that, you know, John has that extra athleticism. Just think the level he could be. I'm not trying to compare the two players, but I do get your point. But I was just saying that, in my opinion, I just think Doncic is clear. And I do have John Morant as a reserve, which we'll be mm. talking about soon.
0: You hit it right on the dot with the point, you know, with Dantich is more valuable to Dallas. Without him, Dallas... It's not a playoff team. Um, but When I do look at Dallas, I look at two legit star. When Porzingis is healthy, we've seen what he's doing this season. He could play. I look at Memphis. I look at a lot of great players, but I don't look at a second legit, you know, consistent star. I do look at multiple. They got Dylan Brooks. He can play. Desmond Bain, he can play. He can play. These guys can play basketball. I see a deeper roster. Well, Dallas, I see one star leading the pack. I'll give you that without down to Dallas is not, you know, I don't even know if they make the playoffs. I guess I put higher expectations on Doncic because of what he did in the playoffs and like you yeah. know this he's not even having a bad season it's just like I'm putting him like when I think you know how we think about LeBron already yeah, this yeah. early in his career I'm putting high expectation on him because that's why I honestly I think he's going to win an MVP soon I think yeah, he's going to be the best player in the world very soon I'm not saying yeah. I do think straight up who's better Luka yeah, Doncic no disrespect to John, yeah. but he is better but I'm just going current you're making me look real bad because the numbers you gave <laughs> prove that Doncic deserves it over, but I'm looking at Memphis' is standing, the Jaws' impact. I know people True. said, like, oh, they're 11-2 without him, but when Jaw came back, I mean, he kind of, I think yeah, he they 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 lowered those talks. He kind of quieted everybody down about that when he came back and what he was doing, and they beat some really good teams. I mean, they went into Brooklyn, beat them. They beat Golden State. I mean, they beat some top tier yeah. teams, and they also beat Chicago, but Chicago is missing Zach Levine, so it's a tough debate for sure, but you got some great points. I wonder what uh, people would think about you know, our thoughts, you know, whether they agree on us or not. You, St. John, is not a starter. And I'm saying he is. All right, so moving on to the all-star reserves for the West. What are your seven players? So, you know me, who I'm picking as my first reserve.
2: Should be a starter, but you know how it goes. I have the Jonte Murray as my first reserve.
0: You Easily. said starter. I, I don't think we should go that far. You, <laughs> was, you was on a good road. Okay, you yeah, okay, okay using, yeah. But Maybe I'm, I'm
2: reaching a perfect world for me to be a starter. But okay, I know yeah. realistically will be a reserve at okay. best. He might even be a replacement. Who knows? Mm-hmm. That's being hopeful, but I know it'll be a long shot because okay. of the record that we have and where we are. Understandings, but I have him as my first reserve. I have John Morant as my reserve. Okay, Chris Paul, okay Devin Booker, mm-hmm. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell, and Anthony Edwards. What?
0: What what's so surprised about that? Where's Wiggins and, and Draymond on the
2: list? I'm not putting I'm not putting Wiggins because I don't feel like Wiggins is I feel like Wiggins is just a really good role player, in my opinion, mm-hmm. at the moment. He is
0: averaging now. How much is uh Edwards averaging this I season? I think about twenty two, I think. I kinda agree with all of them that you said. I know I know I had Ja and a Darted, but I, I agree with that list, but maybe not the John T. Murray as well. I don't agree with that. Um but um I would have had
2: Draymond, but he he recently got injured.
0: Okay, okay, okay. So, so what was your list pre-injury? What would be your changes then?
2: I mean, I, I have to change a lot because there's a lot of players out. Paul George is out. Uh, Anthony Davis is out. Um, what's was out? Well, because Anthony really.
0: Davis doesn't. No, no offense to him, but I don't think he deserves to be on the All-Star team this season. I mean, that, I mean, I think he would have been the team anyway. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, he probably he, he still I might would have make had Paul it. Paul George for
2: sure, for sure. I would have Paul George as a.
0: Starter. And no, no disrespect on you know Laker Nation or Anthony, you know Anthony yeah. Davis. <laughs> uh, but I just don't think. He deserves it because, like, we have high expectations for him. He's been injured yeah. relatively, too.
2: Right.
0: Uh, but my list as pre-injured, so I'm just assuming, you know, everybody who's not injured. And then I'll tell yeah. you who I think will be replaced and who will replace them. Okay. So I have CP3, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Andrew yeah. Wiggins, and Luka Dantich. You know, I'm missing the John T. Murray potentially shy, <laughs> who is also very deserving as well. Yeah. Uh, the reason I went with the list, I mean, CP3 and Booker and... I think Mitchell and Gobert, I think are, I think choices that we both agree on. I think those are more obvious choices. Draymond, I went with defense, what he brings on the defensive end. We see without him, the Warriors have struggled a bit. You know, they've lost to Minnesota. They've lost to Memphis. He is a big impactor team. I think, you know, when we look at basketball, we think about offense. but looking at defense. You know, Draymond does those things that don't show up in the box score. He's a very impactful player. He can defend one to five. Um... And I think he deserves to be an all-star team. I think Andrew Wiggins have an exceptional season. I think he's been averaging around 19. When Clay Thompson missed majority of the season, nobody expected the Warriors to be number one, right? That was not our expectation. Yeah. No disrespect on Golden State. But no, we didn't never expected that. But Wiggins was another reason why, besides Steph Curry, that they were in that position. And their whole team in general, he was their second best player. He was having a great run. Um, and I think he's deserving of an all-star appearance this season. And yeah, yeah. Luca, I think we both agree. So, and my replacement, so assuming I think George will be injured. So my first replacement for George would be DeJounte. That would be yeah. my first replacement. I think DeJounte, what you told me, you know, I think he's being overlooked because of the points that he has. He's average, he's top in steals. Overall, he's uh, I think number two in assistant in point guards. Um, he's having a great season, unfortunately. You know, his record is not the best because of the team, but he's doing what he can. He's been having dominant performances. He's an exceptional player. I think he's gonna make it by replacement. Um, so I think he'll he'll replace George and then also, well, Draymond, if he misses, I would replace him with Shy. I think Shy's having an exceptional season as well. I know we, we look at winning, but I mean, you gotta look at the situation. OKC is very different. They are rebuilding. He's having an exceptional season. He is a talent. My first replacement would be DeJounte. But if you want to argue that maybe I could take out Andrew Wiggins, put the I'm not even mad at that. Like if that mm. if DeJounte makes it over Wiggins, I'm not mad. If he makes that over Draymond, I'm not mad. But it was tough. DeJounte was really on my list, and I'm like, I don't want to keep him off because he's very deserving of it. But I do hope yeah. he makes it. I'm rooting for him. And Shy. I think Shy is very deserving of it. But if I see Russ, yes. roll Westbrook on this list. <laughs> but I'll tell you, Westbrook is going to make the team, I'm telling you. I am you. If he makes the you, list, man. I am done. Like, I am done with just basketball <laughs> or stuff <laughs> like that. <I> just don't <sighs> – I think he's a great player, of course, but uh, he does not deserve If Anthony Davis makes it, I would be shocked as well. I feel like he will, but mm-hmm. I don't think he should. All right, so moving on to the East starters. What are your East starters? This may be a bit controversial, but I'll just say my <laughs> say my team.
2: Okay, so for guards, I have Trey Young and James Harden.
0: Interesting. For great. the front court,
2: I have Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, and Demarcus Sabonis.
0: Because Katie's out, right? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So uh, you would have well, Katie again, over Sabonis, yeah, obviously, yo.
2: Once again. I'm taking all injured players out. So if you're hurt, I didn't pick you. I just didn't want to go through all the hassle of replacements and all that. So I just took away injured players. Of course, yeah, because obviously you would so definitely, so yeah. yeah. Of
0: obviously. course, Kevin, Kevin. You're in your opinion, of course, Kevin Durant. I mean, in anyways, he's going to be a starter, no question. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Those are your starters. Okay. Yep. Um. So my starters. Um. I have Trey Young. I have DeMar DeRozan, I have Katie Giannis, and Embiid, so I have my pre-injured uh, hmm. all-star starters. Yeah. Uh, Tr- Reason, Trey Young, I think he's top five in points, top five in assists. I know his team is not performing to the level we expected coming off an Eastern Conference Finals appearance, but he's playing great. Um, DeMar DeRozan having a great season, he's kind of rejuvenating himself in Chicago, having an MVP-type season. Uh, he. I mean, my assumption, he's not going to win it because there's so many as well, but He's definitely in that top ten of performing this season. He's exceptional. Katie, Giannis, and I we don't even have to like discuss it. Yeah, these three are in no matter what. So yeah, he, they're,
2: they're, they're pretty much a lock.
0: So what do you think about my list? Any disagreements? So you, I mean, you have Harden. I was a little surprised. I thought the Rosen is more no, 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 because no. <laughs> of what he's doing this season. James Harden's having actually an off year because of what he, we yeah, expectations yeah, yeah. of him is. And what he's given us, I mean, so I'm a little shocked that you have Harden on the list. I'm not saying Harden is in my reserve list when yeah, we go yeah. through that, but I'm a little shocked. Then you do have Trey Young, right? Yeah, for I He's yeah. a starter for me. I'm still shocked that you have Sabonis because I don't even have him making my All Star team. Really? Yeah. I just think he's one of the better big
2: men in the East, and I, and that, there's there is a some you one could argue I put above him, but I think he's like after I mean, it, Giannis and if, and if Abita, he was gonna replace KD in
0: a starter, I would might be consider like. You know, Zach Levine or Jimmy Butler. Or... I, mean, I didn't pick Levine
2: because Levine's out. And Jimmy Butler, I mean, <laughs> you know how I feel about the heat, but uh, I just didn't pick Jimmy Butler. Okay. He's in my reserves, though, for sure. But what I was was really confused
0: about was DeRozan. Like, why'd you pick DeRozan? I just think he's having an exceptional season. He's what he's doing in Chicago. They are currently, I believe, number one. Uh, teams are, you know, Miami and Brooklyn are right there with them, but I think he's having an exceptional season. A lot of people thought, you know, him coming to Chicago was kind of like not going to work out and he proved everybody wrong. This is a legitimate team. They're pretty scary. I'm still not going to put them above, you know, Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, no disrespect, but it's a good team. Yeah. You know, they brought, you know, happiness to Chicago, of with basketball they're putting up. So I just think he deserves it this season. I mean, any other guy go with Harden, but yeah, Harden's sure. not performing to his expectations. So that's why I got the Rosen yeah. on the list.
2: And I mean, you say that it's kind of funny, like Harden... Obviously, we, we starting putting up these crazy scoring numbers, but I think this series has pretty much, he's less in scoring numbers and he has a more all-around game. Like, he's averaging 22.6 points. Yeah, yeah I, assists, I think he's been downs. more inconsistent. Yeah, true, yeah. He's been, he's been up and down.
0: I think if you were going to put even somebody, if you didn't want to put the DeRozan, I still wouldn't put hard, I would put Levine. But, oh, yeah, you took him off due to yeah, injury. Yeah, he's right.
2: And to me, I value assists a lot. Like, I arguably value assists more than points. I mean, that's how I feel sometimes, but I just think that, like, he's probably more
0: impactful. In a bit, but as you said, they are the one seed, so I do see where you're coming from on that. So now we're moving on to the reserves for the East. Your seven reserves. Who are they? Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, DeMar DeRozan, Bam
2: Adebayo, Jimmy Butler, Darius Garland, and Bradley Beal. I think Darius Garland's had a really underrated season. I think he's become one of the better playmakers in the league. That's true. And I think he's a star in the making. He's one of the most underrated players, I think, right now, along with DeJounte Murray. But it may be the market thing. Who knows? But I think they're both two
0: stars on the rise. Definitely have a good argument there. But my list, I some pre injury list, I have Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Bradley Beal, Jason Tatum, Fred Van Fleet, and Miles mm. Bridges. Mm. Interesting. So I, you know, I think Zach Levine, Jimmy Butler, James Harden, Bradley Beal, and Jason Tatum, I think are no brainers. Yeah. Um, I look at Fred VanVleet and Miles Bridges. Why I went with that, I think Toronto's exceeded our expectations to see they're the seven seed. I don't think anybody expected that. Uh, their projection was not that they're exceeding. Scotty Barnes has been great. You know, Pascal Siakam, yeah. the whole squad has been great. He's just deserving. He's been averaging over twenty points. He's having great games. He's the big reason why I think they're going to make the playoffs. He's having a special season. Miles Bridges. When we think about Charlotte, we think about LaMelo Ball. But actually, Miles Bridges is averaging the most points, averaging 20. He's been really special this season. I saw the recent game against the Garden. I think he dropped like 38. This man can play. He's improved himself a lot from his previous seasons. He can shoot the three ball. You know, he's an exceptional player. And uh, I just think he's deserving of being an all-star. Now to my replacements. So assuming Katie's out, I'm not saying he's going to start. But assuming Katie's out, my first replacement would be Jalen Brown. I didn't put him on the list because I don't feel like it's fair for me to put two players on the list from Boston who are, you know, they're not having a high record. I had to choose when I chose Tatum. But so that would be my replacement. Also, Levine is also out. So Zach Levine is out. I put Darius Garland on the list as a replacement because I think he's having an exceptional season. very underrated. The Cavs are in a position that nobody thought. I heard there was a projection. The Cavs were projected to win 26.8 games, and they Mm -hmm. passed it big time. Nobody saw this coming, and they've been special. If there was another replacement, I'd put Jaron Allen. That would be my third guy. I think he's having an exceptional season as well. I think he's a top big man in the East. And I know Mm. Brooklyn did the trade for Harden, but losing Jared Allen definitely would be a a tough blow for them because he's special. I agree. If they were able to keep him somehow, you know, with the team they had, my goodness. I mean, he's a different beast. Nick Claxton and LaMarcus Aldridge. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge just dropped 27 against the Wizards some time ago, but um, no knock on them. But Jared Allen's a different beast. So what's your thoughts on my list? I mean, I see where you're coming from. Like, there's not much disagreements there. As it were on the Western side, but I, I get it. Like, it makes sense. I mean, you're going to put Zach Levine on the list if he wasn't injured. Yeah. I didn't put Bam because he missed a lot of time. Um, That's the only reason I didn't put Bam out of bio on the list. So I'll see, definitely be on my list. I think we came up with a good list. I'll see what the people think about our list. Yeah. So moving on to uh, topic five the Premier League season is near its midway point, and the table and players stats are taking shape. Mo Salah has the most goals scored in the league. With 16, who do you predict will currently win the Golden Boot Award? If I'm being honest, I think it's him. I think he,
2: he ran away with it already. The way he's scoring is just, like, free-flowing. Like, it's like, it's almost, it's not every game, obviously, but it's pretty consistent. I think he's become one of the best players in the world really quickly. One could argue, I mean, I'm not going to say he's the best in the world, but I'm going to argue that he's in that tier now. He's a really good. He plays for one of the best teams in the world. And the system is just, it's not set around him, but he's against these positions and the things he does with the ball is amazing. And he gets his goals because he's just better. <laughs> That's pretty much what it is. So, I mean, it's just interesting to see him. And he's just a talented player.
0: Trent Alexander-Arnold currently has nine assists. Do you think he will keep the lead in that?
2: Yes, I think mm, it's tough, actually, because Salah, as we just said, was leading goals. He is right behind him in assists with eight. <laughs> so just think about that. Two of the PL players on the same team are top two in the most assists in the league. That's just crazy to me. Like, that just shows you how great their attack is. And that's a fullback. Alexander Arnold is a defender and he has most assists in the league. So that just shows you how free flown their attack is. It's just scary to watch them play. Like, every time I play them or my team plays them, I just hope for the best because their attack is explosive, it's dangerous. And like I said, they're one of the best teams in the world. So it was just fun to watch them play, even as a rival fan. But, like I can say, it's just a scary team.
0: Both players play for Liverpool. What do you think this says about the team and its system?
2: I just think that it's set up for them to go, go, go. Like, they they outscore teams, they blow teams out. and They just run circles around players, because the way they're set up with that front three, with Jota as a center forward, dropping deep, it's just just leaving space for Salah and Mane to run it behind and get those goals and. With Alexander Arnold taking set pieces, whipping those balls in from the wing, doing no crosses. It's just easy for them. And I feel like if Man City wasn't so dominant, and that's just, and, and that's like another point. Like, you have to realize with how good Liverpool's team is, there's a team even better than them in the same league. If Man City wasn't so dominant, I feel like Liverpool would be in contention. But with Man City just being so good, like, Liverpool, if Liverpool gets a draw, they draw points. And, like, it's just tough to catch up on a thing that's that good. And the thing is, Liverpool hasn't spent a fraction as what Man City has spent. So if the spending was the same, like, just imagine how good they'd be. So I just think it just shows, and credit to Klopp, too, the manager, it just shows the system that they built over the years, and they developed the team really nicely, and they're one of the better offensive teams in the league, if not the best, excluding City, of course.
0: All right, so I just had a quick question. I just was wondering, I know this is maybe more an obvious answer. I think you'll you'll choose it, but who do you think the more important player is for the team? I mean, I think mm-hmm. people would say Mo Salah is the better player with yeah. respect on, you know, Trent. But who do you think the more important player is for the team? Between those two? Yeah. Between Mo Salah and Trent. Say,
2: that's tough. But I'd probably say Mo Salah because those 16 goals, like, if we take them out the side, can they be replaced? Sure, Mane can score. Sure, Jota can score. And sure, Firmino off the bench can score when he is being aggressive and not passive. But I feel like those goals, like, you can't replace those that easy. Because if they could have placed it that easy, like, they would have been there before he came and they weren't. I feel like he's the most important. It's a close second because Trent Alexander-Arnold does play some amazing passes. He's a magician with the balls that he plays. And he's just one of the best passes in the league. But I have to give it to Salah as the most important player on that team right now. It could change, but right now with Salah, for me.
0: Interesting. A lot of interesting points there. Moving on to topic six. We're back on the Philly news. Not surprised here, but, uh, as Embiid is having an MVP-type season with Ben Simmons' situation unresolved, do you think the Sixers are wasting Joel Embiid's prime?
2: Yes, I do. And this has been going on for a couple years now because I feel like people knew that they weren't good enough to get out of the East. Only one person,
0: my friend Brandon. That's the only person that was a little bit delusional.
2: People knew that they weren't good enough to get out of the East. When LeBron was running through the East, people knew that that team wasn't good enough. Even when Kawhi came, and they did get pretty far, but that shot ripped their hearts out. And I feel like that right there should have been. Kawhi's the, the king of Philly. He is, but that yeah. would have been right there. Like if I'm the GM, I'm not blowing it up, but I'm trading one of them, and it's not Embiid. So <laughs> the
0: issue with right is now. with Simmons. Like you know, he that's unresolved. We know we're looking at six Embiid is dominant. They got to make a trade now and move yeah. on from this situation because. And Embiid, you know, if we're looking at their roster, I mean, how great Embiid is, we don't think they're going to win a championship. We're looking at yeah. teams like Chicago. We're looking at teams like Milwaukee, Brooklyn, um, Miami. I don't think they're better than those four teams that I just put on the list. And you're looking at other teams like, you know, Toronto. Why can't Toronto beat them? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot of teams out there that are very formidable. So I can't say Charlotte is very scary, too. It's a team I wouldn't want to face either. Yeah, a lot of formidable teams, so they definitely got to make a move. But uh, do I think? Yeah, they're definitely wasting his prime. I think it's like wasting a season because right now, looking at a team, no disrespect, they ain't winning no championship. It don't yeah. matter. You can book it. They not win a championship this season. They not win a championship next season. Embiid is true. dominant. They got to make a trade. Dame Lillard, that's most likely off the table. He is out for a long period of time. Hopefully, he recovers soon and gets better. He's happy to see yeah. CJ McCollum back from that situation as well. Yep. You know, from his lung uh, issue that he had, he was facing, but happy yeah. to see him back. Yeah, true like you said earlier when you introduced the topic, he's having an MVP
2: season. So, Magic had a solid co-star next to him. Like, I'm just, like, like no discredit to the team. But if he had, like, I'm not going to say it, it should have been
0: Harris, but the man like, is, uh, he yeah. got paid $180 million and, like, the, and the man forgot how to play basketball. No disrespect. <laughs> like, he's playing terrible. Yeah. um, he got, he got his bag. He had one good season last season where everybody was not, like, his whole career, he's been great. But last yeah. season was one of his best seasons. He had a chance to make the All-Star team. He didn't make it uh, ben Bum Simmons made it, but um, <laughs> my point is, Tobias Harris is a great player, but he's not playing to the expert. he got paid yeah. the back, and now it's looking like they want to trade him. If there's any team that would accept him for anything, i move him, because he's he's obviously holding up a lot of contract space. He's True. not performing to his level. And again, of course, no disrespect to the player, but he's he's been terrible. Um, and yeah, it's really just looking at Joel Embiid has been great. Seth Curry and then Tyrese Maxey, those have been the three yeah. bright spots for the Sixers. Um, I'm the fifth right now, so imagine I, that's they lots actually with a him.
2: star, like... I feel like they could catch up on, because the Nets team is like, the big three is never really playing together, really. Yeah. So I feel like if when we beat that decent goal star, like, they could move up some spots in the Yeah, in maybe standings. if they
0: could get multiple pieces, you know, if they can get like a, yeah, this might be a little unlikely, but if it can happen to get a De'Aaron Fox, I mean, that that could be, I'm not mm-hmm. still not picking it, but they can build around that for multiple years. Yeah. I think they got to get a player that really fits in beads style. You know, you want to get a yeah. player that probably can shoot threes and playmake. Those are the main components. I think they, they probably shouldn't get like another big. It wouldn't really make sense. I mean, they tried it with Al Horford kind of, and it wasn't yeah. the best fit. So work. we got to see what happens. But moving on. Uh, so some trade offers. We had a trade offer, according to um, Keith Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquiry. Uh, so basically there was a report. There was one source that said that Sacramento had considered packaging Buddy Heal, Tyrese Halliburk, Harrison Barnes, and two first-round picks, four Simmons, Harris, and Theibel. However, the source said know. the Sixers aren't interested in the package. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I did hear
2: about the that trade. But now that I'm hearing that they included Thaibo, if I'm being honest, if I'm Darren Murray, I'm not taking that either.
0: Yeah, I think like, Tybo's
2: untouchable. I heard yeah, he is, though. Because he's a lockdown defender at that. He's like DeJounte Murray. Yeah, I agree. If I, I wish he was on the Spurs. We would have the best guard defense in the league. Oh my, it but, would have been
0: like the, it would have been like, you know yeah. how you had, I mean, this is a very stretched comparison. You know, you had Tim Duncan and Duncan Robinson yeah, arguably yeah. the two best like big man defenders. Yeah, now you yeah. have guards and it'd be great if you're playing somebody like Russell Westbrook, oh, you're getting yep. 10 turnovers. You're, you're <laughs> yeah. stealing the ball 10 times. No disrespect on Russell. Yeah, but. <laughs> I joke too much. But I do get the,
2: the Kings offer because that's getting Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons off your books and getting some decent young players back. But I just don't think like I wouldn't give up Thibault. I wouldn't at all. I get the I get the offer. It makes sense. But it's not really that bad of an offer. You get um Halliburton. You Get rid of Harris. Halliburton is upcoming star.
0: So in my opinion, I think I wouldn't do the trade, if they say, okay, take out Thibault and you give me Harris and Simmons, I think I do it. I think. Yeah. I, I still look all around, but if this is the package available before the trade line, I'll do it think it's not working Simmons being there he's obviously not coming back I even heard that if he didn't get traded he's gonna sit out the whole season it's a very toxic situation right now in Philly it's best that they trade him you know and not waste and beat season you know try to compete for a championship this season even though they ain't winning no nothing sorry Brandon they're not winning no championship this season you could book that <laughs> I would do the trade only if Tybo's not included if Tybo's included no I wouldn't do it if you got a guy like Tyrese Hallibur he can play I think he could be a star in this league buddy healed I mean the Lakers you're regretting it, right? Because uh, he's a sniper. He can shoot the basketball at a very high level. He can't miss. And you get Harrison Barnes, I think he's a great small forward. Uh, he can help, you know, stretch the floor, shoot threes. And I think it'll be an overall good team. I mean, you're probably saying, okay, you didn't trade for no real legit all-stars, but you traded for three very good players and some guys who have potential to be there. Buddy Hill's really good. I think he's very underrated. One of the best shooters in the league. Another trade offer, we had the Pistons. They packaged Jeremy Grant. Saeed Bey, Kelly Olenek, and a first-round pick was not met with much enthusiasm by the Philadelphia Brass League, sources tell Bleacher Report. Um, so what are your thoughts on that?
2: I would also turn that one down. Uh, I fight Jeremy Grant, another big man, type player. But Jeremy
0: Grant has been really good this season, yeah, but maybe he, not uh, not the best
2: fit, maybe. Yeah. He is a good player, but I don't think it fits well. It meshes well I, with I, what you I think he'd be he a better fit than
0: Al Horford. Um, yeah. Probably. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you look at the other offer. If that was going to be offered, it was considered by Sacramento. I think that's probably a better trade offer for them. But, yeah, I agree with you. I don't think I would have done it either. Okay, and last part of this, we're going to talk about Daryl Morey's stance on this. So, it basically says, reported from Beach Report, Ben Simmons traded at 2022 deadline. Less likely than likely per 76ers Daryl Morey. So, what are your thoughts on that? And what should the Sixers do if you were in that situation? What would you do? If I'm being honest...
2: I think Derrick Mori is bluffing, honestly, because...
0: I feel like his expectation is like to get like 15 first-round picks. Yeah. I'm just going super exaggerated. Obviously, probably not 15, but...
2: He said it's less likely than than likely, correct, right?
0: Yes, uh, less likely than likely.
2: I feel like he made a mistake. He knows, everyone knows, that Ben Simmons won't out. So so why would they give out their best player for... Give out their, their potentially their best player for... But also, he's knows. under
0: on a four-year contract. If he's under like a one-year yeah, that contract, teams wouldn't give up a lot.
2: That is true. But I just feel like teams know that the 76ers are desperate. They're not going to give out their best offers, you know? So I feel like I generally do feel like he's using this as a bluff tactic to try and get teams to, like, sweeten up their offers before the deadline because, they know, some teams really want Ben Simmons. I feel like he's trying to get teams to, like, you know, like boost up their offers more. I don't think it'll work. And I do think there is some truth to what he's saying because I feel like he will hold on. But like we said before, like, you're wasting Joel Embiid's prime. You have to make a move here because your organization is stalling. You're not You're not going forward with this with you holding Ben Simmons. Yes, I know he's forcing his way out. You may not agree with it, but for the good of your organization, you have to let Ben Simmons go.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. I think his stance is definitely, I respect what Darryl is do. He's going to do what's best for the team. I think he wants definitely somebody substantially great. But the problem is Ben Simmons' value is very low. He hasn't played. I think if he plays, he's going to increase his value and then they'll get better trade offers. But he doesn't want to play. That's very clear. His value is low and we know why. He's a bum. So that's the the bottom line. He's not a good (laughs) player. Exceptional defensive player. If he's in San Antonio, somehow with the John T. they can be an exceptional defensive team. And under a pop system, he can be special. I'm not saying he's not. He doesn't have potential. He has potential for sure. Um, I think he could be a great player. But obviously... He doesn't fit the Philly environment. I mean, they want to win now, and I don't think he's a part of those plans. Um, he doesn't want to be there. Obviously, it's better to have Ben Simmons than not because what he can do on the floor is pretty special. Um, he has potential to be, people say, LeBron 2.0. I'm not going to go that far because I say Lucas LeBron 2.0. But uh, I still think wait it out, get the best offer, but I think you should trade him before the trade deadline because if you don't, then you're stuck with him and he's not going to come back, and now you're just wasting a beat season. So I say that Sacramento deal is very good if you can get even two first-round picks, which Sacramento's considering offer, or, like, a two or three good players, I think that's more than enough. For Philly, what they should do, they should need to get rid of Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons. Take advantage of this. Yeah. Tobias Harris has been one of the more disappointing players this season. He's been exceptionally horrible. He got paid his bag, and they might as well put me in the ball game because I could probably <laughs> do better. <laughs> nah, no, this, I'm just joking. <laughs> nah. Of course not. Tobias Harris <laughs> would smoke me in a one-on-one game. He's an NBA player. I'm just saying, like... You know what I mean, right, Josh? Like the expectations, yeah, yeah, he should be a lot better. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, we both agree they should move on from Ben Simmons. Let's see. Well, the trade deadline coming up very soon, so we're going to see what happens. Yep. Moving on. Topic 7.
2: On January 16th, the Nets hosted the Pelicans. In the second quarter, Bruce Brown fell onto KD while trying to defend Herbert Jones. KD injured his knee, and he currently has an MCL sprain and is expected to be out at least four to six weeks. What's your reaction to this?
0: Uh, definitely, this is an unfortunate situation. Obviously, seeing Kevin Durant play basketball, you know, is a blessing in disguise. You know, he's such a great player. You know, in people's mind, he's the best player in the world. Um, And that's up for debate. I know we have him placed there, you know, seasons and how we evaluate that. But he's been special. You know, this season for him to go down is very unfortunate. He wasn't on the all-star team this year. might seem like he's going to miss it again which is kind of unfortunate. He's a captain, most likely, again, for the East. Also, it's going to be interesting how Brooklyn does it. Now it's Harden now, knowing with Kyrie's situation, not going to be available for home games. James Harden has to go back to Houston, James Harden. I mean, when he came, the expectation yeah. was he's playing with three stars. Now in the home games, he's, he's alone. He has great rotational pieces around, but he's alone as the only legit superstar. And when it comes on the road, he does have Kyrie. But James Harden going to have a lot of heavy lifting, which I think when he left Houston, his expectation was that was not the case. So a little deja vu for James Harden. This is tough. Um, I do think looking at it, um, this is gonna be tough for the Nets. But uh, as long as Katie comes back healthy, because without Kevin Durant, they can't win no championship. Yeah, he's the best player, the most important player. We already agreed was James Harden, but the best player is Kevin Durant. Without your best player, it's very tough to beat Milwaukee or go beat uh, Miami.
2: I agree, hundred percent. I'm just wondering, like, will we ever get like a a full season postseason with this big three at full health? And I, I honestly don't think so. Like, I feel like it's just sad that we won't ever get to see them all together.
0: It's also, unfortunately, most likely we're not going to see Katie's playing LeBron again. Mm. The first time we didn't get to see on Christmas because of COVID protocols. And this time they're playing, I think, on the 25th of January. If he's mm. out four to six weeks, that seems unlikely that he's going to return. We won't yeah. see it again. So it's been so long since we've seen LeBron versus Katie, And most likely we ain't seen in the finals because the Lakers ain't making it to the finals. <laughs> Nets have a better chance of getting there. True. But I'm not going to say definitively right now we haven't made our official picks of our midseason predictions. I, we both did have the Nets making it. We both can agree. I mean, the Lakers ain't making it. That's just the end of the story. We'll, we'll make our official yeah. predictions later. But um, just unfortunate. I want to see Katie and Katie's not going to an all-star game. It's just unfortunate. Four to six weeks. Unfortunate. Just unfortunate.
2: Yep. So do you think the Nets can survive without Kevin Durant?
0: I think they'll be fine, but I expect them to, to move down a little bit on the standings. I think they'll probably be the third seat because they are, I think they're, Either second or third right now. Um, they're very close for the first seed, but I think looking at the schedule, they do have some tough games. It's not you know easy. You know, we looking at their schedule. I'm looking at some of the teams they're playing. Um, and assuming um KD being out four to six weeks, he probably will miss these games. You know, teams like the Nuggets, very tough team. The Warriors, the Suns, the Jazz, the Nuggets again. I mean, those are some tough teams. You know, I expect them to. You know, if I'm looking at the standings right now. If they win a game, they will be the first seed. Meaning, will they survive? I think they'll be fine. I think they'll go 500, but I expect them to lose a few more games. And I think they'll be third seed or even fourth seed. I think that's where they'll end up. They'll survive. They'll be, I think they'll be mid-500, basically, without KD. Going through the assumption that Kyrie is only yeah. playing road games and, and James Harden is playing both. So that's, that's the reasoning.
2: I think they'll survive. I think it'll be tough. Kyrie's a part-time player. James Harden will have to up his scoring a lot while also de- dishing out those assists because the team needs needs his passing to run. So it'll be tough. But I feel like they can do it. So, Mark Kitalja but...
0: being back definitely helps. He's been great for them. Score 27 against the Wizards. So um, it's going to be tough, yeah. So I guess that concludes episode 14 of the Straight Sports Podcast. You know, we appreciate the support. Again, thanks, Fernando, for coming on. Uh, it was a very enjoyable episode. Talk about wrestling. And then we talk about the All-Star Stars. Wonder, you know, You know, I wonder what your thoughts on it. Whether you agree on our picks or not, but uh, great episode, very fun to record. Having a blast. Uh, we appreciate y'all, and yeah, and just uh, have a good one. Stay safe. Um, and yeah, take care.
2: Thanks for watching. Peace.
0: Peace.